Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends. It's January 23rd. It's 10 a.m. Central Time. We're live out of Chicago, and we are debuting a new episode on Your Caregiving Journey called Today. So every Monday at this very time, which is 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time, we're going to get together for 30 minutes. Hopefully, this is a great way for you to launch your week. We're going to have different guests that share updates about events that might be happening, perspectives that might be appropriate based on current events. And then we're going to have family caregivers, former family caregivers and former and family caregivers join us in the last few minutes to talk about a family caregiver's conundrum. So in essence, we're going to share our suggestions to help you resolve a problem that you can't seem to resolve. And Carolyn and Colleen are going to join us toward the end of the show today, and they're going to answer a question, which is a family caregiver's conundrum. And I'll mention that if you have a question that you'd like us to address on the podcast, you can send me an email, and my email address is denise at caregiving.com. I'll also post the archives of our podcast on caregiving.com and include a submission form. So after you listen to the podcast, you think, I have a question, you can submit the question through the form on caregiving.com. Okay, so today we're going to start with a comfort. So I started writing what I call weekly comforts in 2003, if you can believe it. So for 14 years, oh my gosh, that feels so long and feels like I'm so old. And I just can't stop writing them. So for 14 years, I've been writing what I call a caregiving comfort at least once a week. Sometimes if I'm really stressed out and overwhelmed, I'll just write a comfort a couple times a day, a couple times a week. So these are my ways of coping with something that feels stressful, overwhelming, or a dead end for me. And what happens when I write the comfort is I'm able to find a new way. So I'm able to find my perspective that helps me continue. And I hope that is the same for you. So these comforts are on caregiving.com, and they're in several books. So here's the comfort that I'm going to read to you today. It's called More. And I've been thinking about More for quite a while because I think of those who may not have enough money feels like it costs more money. So I think about, for instance, living in an apartment because you can't afford to buy a house. So you have to pay to go to a laundromat rather than buy a washer and dryer. Now, maybe it it washes out or it seems even, but it seems to me that that's harder. Take your clothes to the laundromat, whereas if you have enough to buy a house, you have a washer and dryer in your house. So I've been thinking about that for years. If you don't have a lot of money, it seems like it costs you more money to live. And then I started thinking about it as it relates to a caregiving situation. So this is the comfort that I wrote about more. 
and I posted it on the website last week. So here we go. When you have more, it seems to get you even more. You travel a lot, for instance, so you receive perks and rewards on airlines and hotels, which makes travel easier and less expensive. But if you travel just a little and each trip costs you, you haven't tipped into the land of more, which will get you more. The cost of caregiving, it can seem, is that it keeps you making do with less. Others go on with their lives, which puts them into having more and then getting more. You get less, which means even less. How do you get even more? Interestingly enough, the more in caregiving is also about making your luggage easier to carry. The baggage we carry during caregiving is how we feel about caregiving, how we cope with caregiving. During these moments in time in our life, do we travel with pounds and pounds of resentment, guilt, anger? Or when we travel with more acceptance, forgiveness, and patience, do we create more room for love, blessings, and opportunities. The more we let go, the more we receive. And that's our reward program. Okay, so that's more. So I'm going to ask you this week, as you go about your day, when you feel like it's less, how can you find more? What can you let go of in terms of maybe anger or resentment or bitterness or guilt so that you can make room for more patience, compassion, peace? When I think about compassion, it's really compassion for ourselves. So maybe it's letting go of doubting ourselves, criticizing ourselves, judging ourselves. We're going to talk about guilt toward the end of today's show because that's what relates to today's question. Okay, so that's more. I wish you more this week. I wish you more in ways that you didn't seem to think possible. And I wish you more in ways or typically, it felt like less. Okay, that's more. I want to tell you about a couple things that are happening on caregiving.com so you can jot them on your calendar. We're having a six-act, 24-minute performance on February 5th, Super Bowl Sunday, at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So this is how you can kick off your Super Bowl festivities, is to watch a live performance on caregiving.com that basically tells a, a caregiving story, but it's six family caregivers telling their own four-minute story. And it turns into a 24-minute caregiving play 
or performance. So if you'd like a reminder to join us, just go to caregiving.com. You can add your email to our list. We'll send you a reminder to join us on Sunday, February 5th, and then we'll send you a link to the archive just in case you can't make the live performance. We're going to see what it's like. This is the first time we're doing it, and we hope that it will become something that's regular and ongoing, but we wanted to try it and see what would happen. So join us February 5th, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are having a series of Twitter chats on Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We start tomorrow. We're going to start our um, Twitter chats with a conversation about advocating. So if you want to join us, just follow our hashtag, which is CareChat, on Twitter on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You are welcome to jump in. You might think, I can't stay the whole hour, so... Can I still come? Yes. Join us for five minutes, ten minutes, the entire time. Whatever works for you. That's what's so great about chats on Twitter, chats on caregiving.com. It's all about what works for you. Stay as long as you can. You can lurk, just read the conversation, or jump in and share. So it starts tomorrow, January 24th, on Twitter, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And follow our hashtag, which is CareChat. Okay, we have been working hard already on our second annual National Caregiving Conference. I am rubbing my hands already in excitement. We had our first annual National Caregiving Conference in December. And after the conference, we got together and really started working hard. We went into planning mode on (laughs) December 4th and we've got some great things to talk to you about in terms of the conference and so Lisa Rigi who is our project manager for the conference is joining us today so good morning Lisa how are you good morning Denise I'm well thank you so we announced our theme for the conference which takes place November 10th and 11th here in Chicago So tell us about our theme. Um, It's very exciting. Our theme is our boldest hours before, during, and after. And with that, that surrounds, obviously, caregiving and our experience. So what we discussed during our planning was this theme challenges us to be bold. And we want... um, attendees to think about their actions, um, their decisions, and what ways they can be bold um, in their caregiving experience. So here's the thing that's so cool about this theme is that it applies to our caregiving experience, but it also applies to our conference experience. So we are challenging anyone who's interested in either attending live or virtually to our conference to be bold before, bold during the conference, and then continue the boldness after the conference. So we've launched our very first contest around the conference, and it's about getting fit. So Lisa, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the contest and how it works and what you can win? Oh, this is awesome. Um, yep, we <laughs> talked about the getting fit and looking better for our next conference. 
And what we're doing is we're setting fitness goals. Um, and you can go to caregiving.com and you'll see a link to NCC 17, Get Fit and Win a Trip to Chicago. So we will have you go to our Fit Family Caregiving Group and there's a forum and we want you to enter there before the end of the month, the 31st of January. Let us know what your care, get your, um, I'm sorry, your fitness goals are. And then um, you'll be entered to win a $500 cash prize, and that can help offset your trip to Chicago. Um, so you're able to attend, which is an awesome experience. And all we ask is that you just keep us updated in the forum every month on how you're doing. Um, if you need any support during your fitness challenge, um, we're there to help. So the reason I came up with this idea for the contest is because after our conference aired and I looked at the video and then I looked at the photos and Lily, who's a member of caregiving.com, was the official photographer of our conference. I thought, why didn't someone tell me to put on a pair of Spanx? I mean, oh, my heaven. And <laughs> so then I thought, I am not showing up to our second annual national caregiving conference thinking, I need to get a pair of Spanx. I am just going to show up looking better. So I committed to the goal of losing 20 pounds. I have been talking about the pounds that I've packed on since I've been really involved heavily with taking care of my parents. I mean, it just seems like overnight I was like, oh, my heavens. So it is all about changing so that I can show up in November feeling better and looking better. What about for you, Lisa? Oh, absolutely, and it's about, um, even I've noticed just the changes I've started making, just the eating healthier, and that in turn makes you feel better. So just yeah. we're all going to show up healthier and stronger. <laughs> yes. So, Lisa, what are you excited about for November with our conference? Oh, boy, everything. It was just a great experience last year, and for the caregivers and the former caregivers and even the professionals. There was so much to um, take away from it. So I'm very excited about the panelist discussions and the pre-conference intensives, but then also I'm looking forward to the fashion shows um, Mm -hmm. that provide some humor relief but also um, good ideas for alternative wear for our caregiving, our carries. So there's just so much to take away from the conference. And this year we're going to have two full days, Friday, November 10th, Saturday, November 11th. We're already planning a few special different activities. We have contests lined up for pretty much every month. So there's opportunities for you to win cash and you can use the cash for travel and or the costs of hiring care so your carry is well taken care of while you're at the conference. So regardless of where you live, you'd want to enter our contest. So if you live in the Chicagoland area, you might think, well, it's not going to cost me anything to get there, but it'll cost you to hire care. So you can use the money then to offset those costs. And I have great news. One of the reasons that we were able to award cash prizes for last year's conference was because of a grant I received through 
um, an order of nuns. And the reason I was able to get the grant is because two of the nuns from the order live three houses away from me. So (laughs) I had connected with them casually through my neighbor, Sophie, who takes care of her sister. She had us over. We were talking about what we do. And sisters Beth and Fran, after they heard what I do, said, you should apply for one of our grants. So I did receive $6,000. I haven't received all the money for the year. They they dole it out over four payments. But I was able to receive 5000 before the conference. And that, oh, no, it was a yeah, it was 5000 No, it was 4000 before the conference, and so I was able to use that for cash prizes. So I got together with sisters Beth and Fran last night, and I'm reapplying, and they feel confident that we'll be able to get the money again. And Excellent. isn't that exciting? It's mm-hmm. so wonderful to be able to to receive the money and then pass it on. And Sister Beth had given me a call in the middle of December and said, you know, do you want to reapply? And I told her last night, I've never had anyone give me money and then call me later and say, do you want it again? (laughs) Because most people don't do that. So I said, my answer was yes. Yes. I want the money again. I want the money again. And it was just a thrill for people to fly in for this conference. And I think you'll agree too, Lisa, that just the idea that people were on the shuttle, they got off the plane, they got on the shuttle to the hotel and they connected with others who were coming to the conference. It was just, it was just exciting. It was exciting. Yes, it was. And I can say from personal experience, that was fun to to meet people on the shuttle. And we're going to do something or going back. (laughs) Yes. Right. And we're going to do something cool around that for this second annual National Caregiving Conference. And we'll tell you more about our welcome committee that we're going to put together of volunteers. So if you haven't flown in a long time, if you haven't traveled in a long time, we're going to make it feel less intimidating for you. And I'll share more details, oh, probably over the next few months. So stay tuned. Check in on caregiving.com for conference announcements. You can join our list of updates around the conference if you'd like. For instance, when I announced the fitness contest, I sent it out. I sent out an update to those who are interested in the conference. They received that yesterday, so they're in the know about all the contest updates that are going on. So you can join our list when you go to caregiving.com. If you look under NCC17, you can subscribe to our mailing list to receive updates. And there was one other thing I wanted to mention. Here we go, Lisa. I think we're going to post our call for presentations and panelists a week from today. Is that right, Lisa? That's correct. So January 30th. And one of the things that was so cool last year, which we're going to do again this year, is that our panelists and presenters were former and current family caregivers. So it was a conference about us talking with each other about caregiving rather than having a conference where healthcare professionals come to talk to us about our experiences. We were talking with each other. So if you're a family caregiver, former family caregiver, you've got an idea for a presentation, you want to be a part of a panelist, you want to be a part of a panel, look for the announcement a week from today, January 30th, so that you can submit your proposal. Anything you want to add, Lisa? 
Um, nothing more other than just keep checking back to caregiving.com. There's a load of information there about the conference, but then, like you said, the Twitter chats and the daily chats alone just on the, the site, um, just become involved. It's a great place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lisa is one of our certified caregiving consultants. She's also a certified caregiving educator. So she works with family caregivers to help better understand their experience and better cope with the experience. So Lisa, what's your website address for any listener that like to be in, would like to be in touch with you? Um, my website is www.thesereneharbor.strikingly.com. Mm, nice. Okay. Thank you so much, Lisa. All right. Thanks, Denise. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Stay tuned. The conference is going to be awesome. Okay. So in our last few minutes, we're going to solve a family caregiver's conundrum. Yes, we are. In just 10 minutes, we're going to figure this out. So let me tell you about who's going to help us. So joining us are Colleen Cavanaugh and Carolyn Grant. So good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. So let me introduce Colleen. She is a certified caregiving consultant. She cared for both of her parents for a decade. She started a website called thelongestdance.com, and she helps family caregivers streamline their lives and cultivate a sense of mission that supports them through the less than perfect days. Thanks for being with us, Colleen. Thanks for having me. Let me tell you a little bit about Carolyn Grant. She also has 10 years of experience caring for both of her parents while also raising a family. She teaches her clients to recognize their own unique strengths as a caregiver, how to listen actively, and to proactively communicate with everyone from doctors to extended family members. So welcome, Carolyn. Thank you, Denise. Thanks for having me. Okay, here's the conundrum. So this is from a family caregiver. My caree is in the hospital. I want to take a break from being at the hospital for an afternoon, but I feel guilty. What do you think I should do? Okay, Colleen, let's start with you. What do you think? Okay, this is guilt is, I think, a caregiver's um, bedside partner for the long haul of this. Right, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yep. And when you add a hospital stay into it, hospital is like the triathlon of caregiving. Um, There's no other time that tries you as much as when your loved one's in the hospital. And everybody hears, you know, you can't pour from the empty cup. You have to take time for you. But how do you do that when you're, you know, if you have someone that is possibly incapacitated and unable to advocate for themselves? Um, The Biggest tip that I can share is to ask for a hospital sitter. Uh, they are well advertised. You are able to ask your primary care physician to write a prescription for a one-to-one hospital sitter who will come and stay with your carry. Um, they will be able to record and journal any doctor's visits, any procedures that happen while you're not there, they can converse with your carry. They can read to them. They can't aid or participate 
info in any patient care or have contact with patient, but they will be able to, if your care is like getting out of bed, they can go run and alert the nursing station to help prevent falls. So that would be the first thing that if you can employ that mechanism, you can hopefully release the guilt of leaving because you've left them with someone who is the eyes while you can't be there. So do we hire a hospital sitter? They are services provided through the hospital. Um, and your doctor, each hospital may be different, though. Some may bill through Medicare. Um, you'd have to check with the individual hospital. But, um, yeah, you, you know, just have that script written from the doctor. Great idea. Great idea. Carolyn, what do you think? Well, actually, excuse me if you can hear the noise in the background. Um, I think that um, if there are siblings, perhaps it's one guilt. I agree with everything that Colleen said, and guilt is is an accompaniment along the journey, but it can be managed if we recognize what the root is and why we're feeling that way. But um, along with the hospital sitter, if there are if you have siblings that you can ask, if you have um, your mom's friends and family, don't, um, excuse me, friends and neighbors, um, don't be uncomfortable to ask for help. We all need help along the way. Um, <laughs> definitely have to be comfortable doing that. And your church also might have a caregiver, caregiver group um, to come and sit with people. So I think as with all things, we have to look for the right opportunity. And it's all about looking at what's happening and thinking, okay, this is the time I could take a break. So maybe it has to be more of a spontaneous break than a planned break, but it's looking for those opportunities. So I think about my dad was in the hospital several times in 2015, and there was one time we were waiting for the discharge, and sometimes that discharge day just drags and drags and drags. You're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And it was a a discharge day that was dragging on and on and on. My dad was ready to go. My mom was with him. And I had two nieces who actually had stopped by. And so we were sitting in this hospital room just waiting. And I thought, why am I sitting here when there's three other people here? I'm going across the street to get my nails done. <laughs> so I said, I'm going across the street to get my nails done. I'll be back. And they all said, okay, see ya. So it's opportunities like that where you feel like it's downtime. Take it for yourself. Take it for yourself. It's important. It's okay. And if you are concerned about leaving and, for instance, you weren't able to get a sitter, the other thing is to use the whiteboard that's in the hospital room or leave a note. Call me. I'm in the cafeteria. I'll come back. And that could be a note to doctors, to staff, so that they know how to get a hold of you. I used to use the whiteboard in my mom's hospital room for messages. You can leave a note above your Carrie's hospital bed that says, I'm in the cafeteria, call me if anything happens. Even just taking a break to get some lunch at the cafeteria can can really energize you. Because, you know, as both of you have said, it's just hard. It's a it's just a drudgery and it's a drain to be in the hospital. And it's okay to take a few moments for yourself, to take an afternoon. It's okay. 
it's imperative to do that. We have to love ourselves through the process. And our definition of love is giving back to us to our family member, but it doesn't mean being there 100% of the time. And I think sometimes you can feel that your carry is in a safer environment in the hospital than, for instance, maybe at home sometimes. And that can allow you to take a break, if that makes sense. So sometimes you worry about your carry at home, and you might feel like, well, I can't, I can't leave my carry alone at home. But in the hospital, it might be a little easier for, t- for you to take that break. We're going to go a little bit over today with our, with our call. We just have um, about a minute left, but I want to ask you both something, and that is this question came out of a conversation in our chat room, and the family caregiver was very hesitant to leave her caree to take a break because she was very worried about what others would think of her. And so that is where the guilt came in. So how do we get past worrying about what others think about our decisions? What do you think, Colleen? That's a hard one. I dealt with that with my own family and still do years later. Um, Until somebody walks in your shoes, they do not understand. And you have to keep in perspective that you are living your truth and you have to be true to what you need to do for you and your carry. And don't let anybody else's opinions get in the way because you wonder one you don't have time for it and it's not going to get you anywhere definitely carolyn what would you add um well stated colleen and, and i agree and i think it's about shutting out those thoughts that you know are harmful to yourself so it doesn't matter what other people are saying because what matters is uh, i use this as a goal for myself I didn't want to feel guilty at the, in my case, um, my parents were terminal. And so I didn't want to feel guilty after they had passed away. So my barometer was myself. I immediately asked myself, am I comfortable with this decision? Is it what's best for my parents? Is it what's best for me in the long run? And so I was my own barometer. The other people just didn't matter. Yeah, and I think if we make a decision based on whether or not someone else will approve of our decision, we're we're letting someone else live our life. And if we wait for Mm -hmm. the stamp of approval, I think we're going to wait forever. And that's why it's important for us to, Carolyn, as you said, really decide what works for me in this moment. What do I need in this moment? And to let ourselves off the hook, if maybe something happens that we didn't predict, that's not good. It wasn't our intent. It's not our fault. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, ladies, any last thoughts before we close? Love yourself through this very difficult process and do not beat yourself up. Support yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just that guilt can only be spelled when you put you before I. And if you Mm. know that you have to put your own needs first and everything else will Mm -hmm. follow, you're going to have a better chance of kicking guilt right out the door. Okay. (laughs) I can't think of a better way to close than with that. Okay, that was awesome. So, Colleen and Carolyn, thank you guys so much. You're going to join us on a regular basis. 
to help us solve a family caregiver's conundrum. Looking forward Terrific. to it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Join us every Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for today. We're going to start off your week with comforts and solutions. I'm Denise Brown. Be sure to stop by caregiving.com. Let us know how you're doing because we always love to know. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.